Well, good morning. You know, this, I got to say, I'm pretty impressed for daylight savings time. You, you guys are, you know, it's not like you were here early or anything, but you, I'm really impressed. Great job. You know, <clears throat> daylight savings time dates back to 1908, and it was first done in Thunder Bay, Canada. I, just really a strange thing. But, but that's where it started. It didn't really start to gain uh, popularity globally <clears throat> until World War I. And the Germans instituted it as a way to basically conserve fuel to help their war effort. So I, I thought that was interesting. But the way that I look at it is that really we've been building up all these hours of sunlight in the morning. And we're borrowing from the morning. And we're putting it in the evening. You know what I'm saying? And so now in the evening, you are going to notice tonight that it is daylight. I mean, you're, you're going to be like ready to go to bed and it's still daylight, you know. And, and I, I've lived in the eastern time zone, you know, for for. 25 years almost, and so even though I was born in the central time zone and it seemed a little weird, at first you start getting used to it, and especially in the summertime, you really reap these rewards. And so it's just, it's really different, and now we're going to get a little more sunlight to enjoy. And we noticed that that big, did you see that big thing in the sky yesterday? Did you, did you, did you witness it? It, it was melting stuff, I'll tell you that. It was incredible, the, just how beautiful it was the day. And, and that, that light is 93 million miles away. In fact, if the sun went out right now, it would take eight minutes before we would even know that the sun went out. That thing is so big, it, it, you could take a, a million earths and put, it, put them in the sun. That's how big it is. It is 29 million degrees Fahrenheit at the core. That thing is, is pretty important. Literally, we can say that our entire world revolves around the sun. It's the center of our universe, it is, it is singularly the, the most important thing because it, it, it actually sustains life. When you start to look at uh, pagan religions, pagan religions look at the sun and they give the sun a, a lot more, I don't just want to say credit, but they, they really put a lot into what they believe about the sun. They believe that it's not only the giver of light, but that it is the giver of life to the cosmos. That the sun is all-seeing. That it is a, the guardian of justice. That there's a, a universal connection between the sun and the idea of enlightenment. It is the source in many of, of, of those religions of all wisdom. And it's often identified as being a supreme deity. And, and for us, it, it, it is just, it's the greatest source of, of, obviously, natural light that we have in our lives. And today, what I want to do is I want us to talk about 
Jesus, the real Jesus, as the true light. Now, when we talk about this, and when we're going to look at Scripture, we're going to look in the book of John, and I want to, to set up the, the, this situation, this scenario from where we're going to read in our text, because it's very important to us. You see, Jesus is in Jerusalem at the time of the text that I'm going to read, and he's there for what's called the Feast of the Tabernacles. And, and we, you know, we don't do as good of a job, I think, celebrating as, as Jewish people do. Jewish people have week-long celebrations, okay? Now, I know some of you have birthday months, okay? And you let everybody know on Facebook that it's your birthday month, and this month it's all about you. Okay, some of you, you do that. Some of you narrow it down just to a week. We appreciate that because it's a lot easier for, for those of us that are keeping up with your life. But, but then, you know, some of you don't talk about your birthday at all. But the Jews, were, they're fantastic about these celebrations that God gives them. And the Feast of Tabernacles is a seven-day long celebration. And this celebration, what they would do, it was different than any of their other celebrations, okay? Now, I know that some of you in here like camping, and you would love the Feast of Tabernacles. Because the Feast of Tabernacles, for seven days, people would set up their tent near the temple, so they would get wherever they could, could, could get close to the temple. I'm sure that the, you know, that the spots with electric and water, they, they would, you know, those were more expensive. And, and then you had the remote sites, you know, that were, that, you know, they were a little bit further out. Maybe they had a good view, but they didn't have the same amenities. They weren't by the showers, you know, and stuff. It's camping after all, you know. But they would set up their tents near the tabernacle for seven days. And, of course, you know, you needed to, to uh, you know, to be able to see your way around. And so they set up 75-foot-high candelabras, four of them. And they would light them at the beginning of the celebration, and they would remain on all seven days. And I, 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 when I was studying this, I found it really interesting because... They, they used, you know, when you, when you have an oil lamp, you need a wick, right? Okay? They just didn't grab any old wick or any old rope. They would use, formerly used, uh, clothing, strips of cloth from the clothing of the priests. Just think about that for a second. That was the wick. And so this lamp, these lamps, 75 feet high, they would burn for all seven days. And it was designed, get this, to remind them of the pillar of fire that stood between the Egyptian army and themselves on the edge of the Red Sea. And then as they walked through the Red Sea, that pillar of fire led them at night and it was all designed to remind them of that 40-year period of time where God stood before them and led them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But then it also was to remind them that God promised a new light. And that new light is directly 
connected to the idea of the Messiah. God was promising a Messiah who would be a new light to the world. And this whole celebration pointed to that one thing. So at the end of that seven-day period of time, as the, the festival is coming to an end and the oil lights are being extinguished, Jesus is being heard to say something very profound. We read about it in John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, imagine this scenario. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to break down this verse into three parts. Talk about each of those parts. The first part being this, that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, the street that we live on, and we live on a cul-de-sac, but our street doesn't have any street lights. Maybe the street that you live on does. Maybe your neighborhood has you know, one or two in your entire subdivision. Uh, but our, our, our neighborhood does not have any street lights. Um, most of the houses will, will have a, a post light um, along the edge of their driveway toward, toward the street. And they'll leave it on all night long. And it'll be on a, some sort of a timer or a, a day-night, you know, thing. And so uh, that's how our neighborhood is, is really lit up. But, but I have this neighbor. Um, she lives across the cul-de-sac from us. And her house is, is up higher than ours. And, and she has a dog. And she lets that dog out at night, okay? Like all hours of the night, you know, the that's the dog. And she, she lives alone. And so she comes out onto her porch with, with a, a light, okay? We're talking prison guard light, okay? We're talking, we're, we're talking like, like, you know, I, I mean, we're talking like, like Mordor kind of light. You know what I'm saying? That just, I mean, it just really shines, okay? And she stands on her porch and she does this, okay? I'm not joking, 20 times. It's going out into the woods. It's going through her yard. It's going through my bedroom. This morning at 5.45 when my alarm rang, I got up and I'm like, there it is. There it is. That light was shining through, through our bedroom at 5.45 in the morning. I said, Lord, thank you. I, you knew I had this in my sermon today, and so there it is, you know. And, and, and I mean, it like 20 or 30 times, and she's like really got a steady arm. She's amazing, you know, and it shines back and forth. And, she, you know, you think, what, what is she doing? Well, she, she lives alone, and she's letting her dog out. I've seen coyotes run down the street at my house. So she's just trying to make sure that there's nothing in the woods. There's nothing, you know, that, that's going to be of a danger to her dog. And so she shines this light because that light cuts through the darkness. That light impacts the darkness that is around her. The timing of Jesus' words were so 
profound. They were, it was so perfect that even Hollywood could not have, have, have figured this out any better. Coming to the end of this seven-day um, celebration, thinking about the pillar of fire, and as the lights in those candelabras go out, he begins, and everybody's thinking about Exodus 13. They're thinking about God delivering them from Egypt, God opening the Red Sea, God going in front of them for 40 years in the desert and leading them and keeping the, the light before them that entire time. And Jesus claims, I am the light of the world. You're all thinking about what happened hundreds of years ago, and I'm telling you right here and right now, I am the light of the world. Stop living in the darkness because the light has come. Here I am. John chapter 1, verse 9. The apostle John says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. They were looking for him. They were waiting for him. And it's, he's called the true light, not, not in comparison to false. Because when you're the one and only true light, there is no one else to compare you to. But it's, it's, it's true in the sense that it is unchanged by our circumstance. How many of you are glad that the truth of who Jesus is as the light of the world does not change according to your circumstances? Because if it did, that light switch would be getting a great workout. It'd be on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. Why? Because our, our circumstances change all the time. The truth of who Jesus is as the light of the world does not change by our circumstances. And it is true for the entirety of humanity that Jesus is the light of the world. Secondly, Jesus tells us that we'll never walk in darkness if it's, he says specifically, whoever follows me will Never walk in darkness. Let's look at John chapter 12, verse 46. Again, this is Jesus speaking. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So believing, and when I say believing, I'm not, I'm not talking believing with your head. I'm talking about believing in your heart. Believing that Jesus is who he says he was. Believing and trusting in him is how we get out of and how we come out of the darkness. And so before we come to that place, all of us were in darkness. But by following Jesus, by putting our trust in him, by believing in him, we're able to come out of the darkness. I want you to think about the darkest place you've ever been in your life. Now, I'm not talking metaphorically. I'm talking literal darkness, okay? Think about the darkest place you've ever been in your life. When I was a young teenager, we went on a bike trip 
uh, in central Wisconsin to the Sparta-Elroy bike trails. It's rails to trails. They take old railroad grades and they, they change them into bike paths and people bike on them like crazy. And the fact that it was an old railroad bed, you know, there's some pretty cool stuff. And there are several tunnels, train tunnels, on that bike trail. And one of them is three quarters of a mile long. And I know that whoever was in charge of this trip, I know that they told us that we should take a flashlight. But I was a typical teenager. Why do I need to take a flashlight? And I remember getting into that tunnel, and it was so dark that even after my eyes had fully adjusted to being in the dark, I could not see my hand in front of my face. We were in that tunnel. It took 45 minutes to walk your bike through that tunnel. There's no riding through that tunnel. You had to walk it. And I remember looking to the other end of that tunnel, and I saw, I saw what I thought must have been a flashlight or maybe even a headlight. And I, I thought... That is, and you're just transfixed, right? You're just, you're just walking and you see this light and you're, you're, you're going toward that light. And, and you keep walking and you keep walking and, you, and, and all of a sudden you're like, I think that light's getting bigger. If that was, you know, it doesn't seem like it should actually get bigger, but it got bigger pretty soon. It's, it's, you're like, this is weird. Something, that light was the opening on the other end of the tunnel. And it was big enough to drive a train through. And yet it, it appeared like it And we're just following the light. We're just literally, follow the light. That's all you could do. John chapter 3, starting at verse 19 through 21, it says this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved Darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But everyone, or excuse me, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Did you know that darkness is camouflage for evil deeds? That's why people don't want to come into the light. That's why they don't want to experience living and walking in the truth of Jesus' light. Because when we do that, it exposes. And, and we think, you know, it exposes us to other people. It exposes us to the conviction of that light. And we understand that we're not walking the way that we're supposed to walk. And just as Satan, I want to remind you this, just as Satan is not the opposite of Jesus. Satan is not the opposite and equal of Jesus, just in the negative. Darkness is not the opposite or the equal of light, just on the opposite side. Because no matter how much darkness you have, darkness cannot infiltrate light. But light will always infiltrate darkness. 
light will always affect darkness. Darkness is essentially the absence of life. And anything other than Jesus and the light of Jesus is darkness. Now, I was thinking just about that, that phrase. And I thought, you know, that could come across that, there, that everything in life, that, that literally everything in life is, is somehow bad. And, and when, when I say that, what I, I believe that it means is just that, that it's, it's just not Jesus. It's not light. And it's not going to get you to Jesus. It's not going to help you walk in the light. That doesn't mean that you, 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 you can't go fishing doesn't mean that you can't enjoy going for a hike or going on a, on a bike ride. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy your family. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy life. It means that those things in and of themselves will not lead you out of the darkness into the light. And anything other than Jesus is darkness. It simply won't lead you into the light. Jesus is the light. John chapter 1 and verse 5 that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness can't defeat the light. The darkness doesn't understand the light. Light always wins. And God has called all of us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And if we follow Jesus, we will walk out of that darkness and into the light. And thirdly, Jesus talks about the light of life. It's, the older I get, it's probably there's less and less that I remember about elementary school. But I, for some reason, I remember when we were in elementary school that we planted seeds in the spring of the year. And we planted them in Dixie cups. And you know, you set them on the shelf and you check them every day, right? And the teacher took one of those Dixie cups and she put it in the cupboard under the sink and closed the door. And we would check it every day. And we were amazed when you would take that out and compare it to one of our seeds that we had planted that was out on the shelf. This one that was in the dark was huge. It was massive compared, and it, and it was straight. It just kept going taller and straighter. That seed, as it sprouted, was desperately trying to find the sun. Desperately. The other plants, they were, they were green and they were, they were flourishing, but this one was kind of yellowish and very spindly, but it grew as high. All of its energy went to trying to find the sun. Do you know that a plant will never grow away from the sun? It will always try to grow toward the sun. Why? Because plants need the sun. They need the sun to get their energy. They need it to get life. You say, how long will a plant survive without sun? 
Science tells us, depending on the plant, somewhere between four and 20 days, unless it's a, a cactus that's in hibernation. Who knew that cactuses hibernated? I did not know that. But plants cannot survive, and you and I, we cannot survive spiritually without the light of Jesus Christ. That's why we must leave the darkness by following Jesus. We depend on Jesus the Son, S-O-N, of God, who is the light of the world, that we might have life. Jesus came so that we might have that life. You see, without the Son, everything dies, but without Jesus' light, we can't live spiritually. We will die. And he is that eternal life. Isn't it amazing that Jesus came and declared, I am the light of the world, and his desire was that every single man, woman, and young person in this world would respond to his light by coming out of darkness into that light so that they might have eternal life through Jesus. And apart from Jesus, there is no other source of light. There is no other source of life. Jesus is the one true life and light in the world. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, the second half. The apostle John says this, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Let me ask you this. Maybe you find yourself reaching like that plant that I talked about from elementary school. You're just, you're just reaching for the light. You don't feel like you look like everybody else. They're all, you know, they're all beautiful green and got leaves and you're just gangly, just reaching for the light. And you're wondering, how am I going to get there? I want you to know that that light is available for you today. Maybe you're not even sure who that light is or what that light is. And I am declaring to you today the real Jesus. He is that light. And he is that life. And he is waiting for you to walk out of darkness. And all you've got to do is like we did in that tunnel is follow the light. Follow the light. People ask me when I had my cardiac arrest, did you see a light? No, I didn't see a light. We talk about, you know, people talk about that stuff all the time. Just, just follow the light. Very serious. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me and you will not be in darkness. Jesus calls us out of that darkness into the light and he tells us how to do it John 12 36 believe in the light while you have the light so that you might become the children of light Jesus is calling you to be children of the light not just any light the one true light the light of Jesus by believing in him. Scripture says that 
that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. We will be children of the light. And so today, if you are struggling, if you are reaching for that light, I want you to know that Jesus is that real light. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you that your word is so clear to us that Jesus is the light of the world and that that light, it is life itself and it is eternal life as well as our life here on this earth. Father, I pray for the one today that like that plant in my classroom when I was a little kid that's reaching for the light, that desires to to encounter the light. Father, I pray right now that, that our eyes would open and that we would understand that Jesus is that light. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if that's you, you just, you just feel like you've been reaching for a light that you don't even understand. And you, you just identify with that. And you want to find that light. And you want to walk not only toward it, but you want to walk out of the darkness into that light, the light of Jesus. If that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. Just slip your hand up if that's you. Yes, yes, yes. Numerous hands. Thank you. You can put them down. For those of you that are joining us through Church Online this morning, I want to include you as well. If you are like that plant, reaching, reaching for that light, Jesus has made himself available to you today. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you because the light of Jesus came into the world. And and by that light, we're able to identify what darkness is. Before we saw that light, we didn't know that there, there was real light. All we knew was that there was darkness. And so, Father, I thank you that by following Jesus, we will walk out of the darkness and into the light, which is the light of the world, the light of life. You've promised us life more abundantly. You've promised us eternal life. And so, Father, for those today that have said, I am reaching for that light, I pray that right now, simply saying, Jesus, I'm following you. Lead me out of that darkness and into the light. Father, I pray that as they pray that right now, that they will sense that they are having a real encounter with the real Jesus today. Father, we thank you for that light. We thank you that it is the light of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just want to thank you for being here today. And if you responded and you are, have been reaching and you have come to that place where you are walking out of the darkness and into the light of Jesus, 
please make sure that you let me know so that we can encourage you on your walk with Jesus. If you're part of Church Online, let us know through our website. You can, you can let us know. We have something that we'd love to put in your hands to encourage you on this new journey with Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here today. It's been great to worship with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.